It's the tip of the spear in the epic battle to defend the United States of America. The National Security Hour exposes the wolves in sheep's clothing and their nefarious plots to undermine and destroy U.S. national security. Welcome to the National Security Hour. I'm Ed Huglin, your host for this evening. Today, we're going to talk about a strategy for America. It's a strategy I've laid out in my book, The Cognitive War, Why We Are Losing and How We Can Win. We're going to tie that strategy, though, to election 2024 and this ongoing cognitive war. There's no better time to implement a new encompassing strategy to ensure the resilience of a republic, our constitution, and our freedoms than now. Then now, why? Because as we head into the 2024 election, we have to start to take a more strategic view, a more strategic perspective on where this country is going to ensure its resiliency and security for future generations. We have a major problem in America, America today. It is truly an existential threat to our freedom, our constitution, and the great experiment of a republic we call democracy. To address any problem, one must first define what that problem is. To define and come up with any solutions, one must first understand what that problem is. And I'm going to get to that in just a second. But I want our listeners to understand that today, today we'll take my recommended four-point strategy and put some meat on the bones in simple terms. The point of this is to have a discussion with you, the American public, about the strategy and what it means, how it can be used, and how you can actually put meat on the bones. I'll walk through my proposed strategy as it should not only inform the 2024 elections, but it should inform future efforts to ensure the resilience and security of a republic now and for the next 250 plus years. I'll do so in order to help, as I said, others seize an understanding of the strategy, how to use it, how to apply it, and how to make it your own. The four-point strategy is very simple in, in, in form. It basically, we must seize the narrative. It means we have to stop reacting. We have to seize the narrative and drive the communication and messages we want the American public to understand for this critical election and for the future of our country. Secondly, we must define a proactive and positive legislative agenda. As Ronald Reagan did with Morning in America, as Newt Gingrich did with the Republican Congress when they took over with the Contract for America, they put forth a positive vision for America with a positive and proactive legislative agenda. And it didn't matter that everything they put forth wasn't adapted or put into law. What matters is that they had seized the narrative and then they put in place with that narrative their message to define their specific legislative agenda for Americans, to tell America what they're going to do for you and for America and for our future. The third point of the strategy, we need to overhaul our NASA security 
our NAS security apparatus is fundamentally broken, it's inept, it's out of date, and it's dysfunctional. Not only that, it's been weaponized, politicized, and now continually to expand and be used against us here in America. What's going on in America right now is a cognitive war. And there are many battlefronts. And for each, each one of the patriotic Americans who are seeking to ensure the resiliency of our republic and our future, they need to own and understand and develop their own battle plan to compete and win in the most critical of all domains, the cognitive domain, the domain of the human mind. Because to compete in the cognitive war, one must engage the mind, the spirit, the will, and the soul of America. So let's begin. The problem, let's start with the problem, as I said. If you don't understand what the problem is, you can't really come up with solutions to address the problem. The problem is we are in an ideological war for absolute power. Yet so many of our conservative friends, independent friends, and others believe this is just politics as usual. It's because they don't understand history. They don't understand the lessons of history. They don't understand what's gone on over the last 250 years with the slow but sure development and methodical execution of a leftist agenda that leverages ideologies like Marxism and communism, fascism, leverages the radicalization of religion or the abuse and subversion of religion or the use of various issues, economic, political, or other. Many can detect there's a problem here, but they wrongfully mistake the issues created as being just the same old politics, Democrats versus Republicans, conservatives versus leftists. That's wrong. Because the Democratic Party of today has been usurped by a progressive radical left that practices the philosophy and uses the dystopian tactics of deception, misinformation, and disinformation to push forward their narrative, to drive their narrative, and to subvert our own government institutions and be used against the people of America. Many assume that those who are driving a radical political ideology believe in our republic, our freedoms, and our constitutions. They could not be further wrong. They could not be further from the truth. They assume the oath of office that many of us take, that the radical and extreme politicians also view this as being sacred to them. They do not. They view it as an impediment. They assume too many things that their intentions of both sides in this political battle are well-intentioned and well-meaning. But in the end, that one once again find a way to work together. Well, the thing in the battle between good and evil, the thing in the battle between true good and evil, okay, you can't, you can't have a bargain with evil, okay? You have to fight the evil. Now, I'm not saying Democrats are evil. What I'm saying is the party has been usurped by a radical group of progressives that are truly evil in their intent and who seek absolute power. 
And this is a major part of the problem, a major part because the assumptions of many that the politicians are left and right, Democrat, Republican, this is just politics. Those assumptions are wrong. Well, how do I know? When their plans are disrupted, they either create or use a crisis to circumvent that disruption. There's no better example than President Trump when he disrupted the establishment, the uniparty, both the Democrats and conservatives. And in doing so, he severely disrupted the radical left's intentions and highlighted the naivety of conservatives who were and are continually deceived and or are complicit and compliant in the uniparty of efforts to subvert and undermine America for their own political and power benefits. The problem here, the real problem facing America, is that we are in a cognitive war. And if you don't understand the battlefield in the cognitive war, then you can't figure out then how to compete in it and how to win it. Now, I lay out the primary problem in detail in my book, The Cognitive War, Why We Are Losing and How We Can Win. In its most basic form, it is a war between good and evil. And this, people, you must truly, truly understand. Cognitive war does, does and can include regular warfare and kinetics. It is a war that has been ongoing for more than a millennium. It is timeless that mankind exists. It is truly the existential threat, and it is both global and domestic. In today's USA, few understand it, and therefore few can defend against it, compete in it, or win it. But it can be won, but not if we are unwilling to change. When you take a look at what's happening here in America, you cannot disassociate it from what's happening in the rest of the globe. Because this war is occurring both globally and domestically. And we must understand there are some alliances between our adversaries on the foreign soil and those who are here in the United States claiming to be part of us, we America. This evil does not stop at the water's edge because it is now well inside the tent. The current domestic war has been going on for the last 16 decades since the Civil War. Over that time, the radical left has greatly matured and learned how not only to maneuver, but extremely effective maneuver in advancing their efforts to usurp power, absolute power, and in doing so to advance tyranny in ways that deceive real intent. There's so many examples that we go through, but I'm not going to go through them at the moment here because I think you can picture this in your own mind. All right? We must focus on winning and competing in the domestic cognitive war it is extremely dangerous war in which those who seek to maintain freedom, opportunity, democracy are losing. We are losing against the radical left. Now I'll give you a few examples. First of all, advancing a massively unconstitutional campaign of election and voting irregularities by fraud that we saw in 2020. And only now, only now, three years later on, are we starting to see the continued drip, drip, drip of facts about the fraud, the ballot stuffing, the ability to manipulate the voting machines and other aspects. They advance extreme censorship by a majority of the media outlets 
who are complicit and compliant with the socialist media companies and others in hiding their own propaganda and hiding facts to destroy the American people, their businesses, or even to preclude them from communicating. And we saw this in spades from 2020 on and before beginning of 2020. We've seen the radical left overtake our educational system. And it's no longer just the college universities, the Ivy League schools, which are far left indoctrination centers. They've now enabled this capability K through 12. And they've turned every element or institutions or education into indoctrination centers. The usurping of the freedom of the press Truly disturbing, truly disturbing, just just truly disturbing, and and unbelievable. When you take a look at how the once free press have abused that privilege by advancing now a near totally compromised and biased media, and they push propaganda and disinformation on us on a daily basis, they are no longer the true free press. They are basically a fifth column, a subversive column in America. Misusing and fraudulently abusing our national security apparatus. When have you seen another attorney general label parents as domestic terrorists? Lock up people and take away their constitutional rights without giving them lawyers. Weaponize the justice system and make it a two-tier justice system against the people. We see them applauding and enabling, uh, ena enabling extremist violence and domestic terrorism. Well, how? Because after the $2 billion plus summer of love damage and stuff, where was the accountability? Where were the arrests? There haven't been. You've seen them defund the police and go off on steroids. So as we talk in a little bit about the four-point strategy, you have to understand these are the examples of what they've done so far in our past. You only have to believe what you see. They've increasingly and openly demonized, dehumanized, and conducted character assassination of over half of America, including the fraudulent president of the United States, Joe Biden, who demonizes half of America, over half of America, as the mega extremists. Why? Because we believe in freedom, opportunity, democracy, and our republic. We believe in the Constitution. But because of that belief, it's a threat to the radical left. They, the left continues to advance efforts to end the Senate filibuster, to stack the Supreme Court of the United States. They want to advance unverifiable, unverifiable voting by mail and add other states like D.C. and stuff so they can go ahead and advance unconstitutional measures. You've seen a number of governors, I think it was the governor of Arizona, declare extreme emergencies and try to limit people's Second Amendment rights and the Supreme Court shut that down. You've seen them pass legislation burying America's future generations in debt solely to pay off who? The extremist mayors and governors who are complicit compliant in this corruption of America. You've seen them completely ignore America's laws, open their borders to tens of millions of new government dependents despite multiple promises to protect their border. But this is a repeated cycle I've talked about before. And you've seen them advance the propaganda that racism is a systemic issue with their police or in society by ignoring the reality 
that the real racism, the real racism is on the progressive far left in terms of how they treat people, how they abuse people, and how they divide people. And how over the last several decades, how over the last several decades it continued to address the thousands of black and black murders, the destruction of the black family, and the increasing dependency they seek for a whole new constituency they just lit through the border of illegals, 11 to 12 million to the 30 million here, to create a whole new plantation dependency. Now, I bring this up for a couple of reasons. First of all, because for decades, conservatives have been outmaneuvered and outsmarted. The Civil Rights Act passed by Republicans is viewed as a win by Democrats. Most people don't, don't understand history. Most Democrats today, younger generation, thought it was the Republicans who fought to keep slavery, not the Democrats. The party of slavery is the Democratic Party. The social welfare policies that destroyed the black families in America, as well as destroyed the family structure in America, period, and created a vast number of single mother welfare mothers, okay, were all based on radical left's agenda. Now, I'm going to continue to highlight a few other points here before we go into start to talk about the actual four-point strategy and how do we fix this? What do we do about this? Before I do, just make sure that you go to America Out Loud Talk Radio. It plays on iHeartRadio. You can listen to us on our media player from any web browser anywhere in the world. 24 by 7 as we stream on Apple, Android, Alexis, and you can get all those applications, and then you can just go to AmericaOutloud.news, AmericaOutloud.news. Download the podcast, not only for the NASA Security Hour, but many other great shows here. We'll be right back. Who's got time for a nasal invasion messing up your lifestyle? Crush those nasties before they become a problem. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order with the coupon code OUTLOUD, you'll receive 20% off the entire purchase. Go to americaoutloud.shop. That's americaoutloud.shop and use coupon code OUTLOUD. Use CofixRx because it works. Millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of the toxic spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed their spike support formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, and sleep deep. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code out loud. Welcome back to the National Security Hour. Today, we're talking about a strategy for the future of America, but we're going to tie that four-point strategy to the elections for 2024. And as we left on break, I was talking about how the conservatives and independents have been outmaneuvered and outsmarted for decades. 
I was talking about the history of how many people believe that it was the Republicans who fought the Civil Rights Act, but not, that's not the case. Republicans actually passed it. They got rid of the Jim Crow laws despite Democratic opposition. The left's use of teachers' unions and local elections to usurp and warp the education process in preschools, high schools, colleges is now nearly total, as I've said. We see this today as the unions and the left ignore the science, ignore the education aspects that we should be pushing, reading, writing, and arithmetic to control but not enable students. To deny parents a right and a say for their own child's education, like Terry McAuliffe, the former governor of Virginia, said, parents should have no right, no say in their public education of their student, of their, of their, uh, of their children. Unbelievable. The left, through all of this, has constantly broadcast their attentions well ahead of time. This is exemplified uh, and forecast by the use of mail-in and other unconstitutional voting aspects for the 2020 election. And you've seen a couple of different cases where that was rampant and the judge had to restart the whole election. They drove a narrative that any efforts to fight those measures were racist or white supremacists, disenfranchised minorities, or were insurrectionists. But why? Because they controlled the narrative. And by the time we started to figure out the big lie of the 2020 election, the ballot stuffing and stuff like that, the game was over. It's too, we caught flat-footed yet once again. The key point here is that left is persistent, is persistent in their efforts, using a well-thought-out strategy. They work in dogmatic unity. And when they're caught red-handed in their lies before, during, or after such things as the Stalinist show trials, called impeachment for Donald Trump, where you have people, people like Adam Schiff tell us about all the secret stuff he had that he just couldn't say anything. He had nothing. He had nothing but a piece of Schiff himself because it was all a lie. But the left succeeds in controlling the narrative, outmaneuvering, outmaneuvering us and doing so using extreme tactics like anarchy, looting, riots. Just look at BLM, Antifa, and others. Look at the attacks of people in restaurants. We have seen it. The left unites and closes ranks quickly, even for erroneous abuses of power and extreme measures. Take a look at the congressman who pulled the alarm. Former principal said he didn't know what the alarm was. And he gets a slap on the wrist. Whereas the people who just walked into Capitol on January 6th were arrested and now sit there for two years without a lawyer, without any way to appeal the abuse of their constitutional civil rights. The left is guided by a broad and encompassing strategy that follows prior examples in history. And this is how they've slowly gained access to control the critical pieces of our education, our justice system, our national security system, our media, and our financial institutions. The left states their intentions publicly and I talk about this strategy here before I go into my own four-point strategy because it's critically important. Strategy ties the ways and means together to reach a desired end and objectives. The left has stated their intentions publicly many different times. Chuck Schumer's call to change America forever by stacking the states and adding Puerto Rico and D.C. estates and also stacking the Supreme Court of the United States. This, they're not upholding the Constitution. 
They're not upholding the laws of the land. But we must understand this. And that's why this is not some political exercise. This is a real war. It may not be kinetic, but it is just as or more deadly. Look at the 100,000 plus people who have died each year in America from fentanyl abuses. And the president says nothing. Look at the open borders. You have 11 to 12 million people who will be in here by the time his first administration and hopefully the last ends. What changed? Nothing. He just disregarded the laws that he was elected to faithfully execute. The bottom line here is the left seeks absolute power and control at any cost to dictate and subjugate a majority of Americans to conform to conform to a view of a tyrannical and ever-increasingly violent and dictatorial minority. A dictatorial minority that seeks to subjugate, control, and create dependencies and dictate new values and norms for America, not to enable opportunity, independence, and freedom, but to take them away. My friends, the American light called America and democracy is dimming as these radical leftists are trying to turn off the lights, turn off the lights on democracy in our republic. So now why is this important? Well, when you see the candidates gearing up for the 2024 election, yet you have to ask, what, what is their strategy? What is the narrative? What are the policies? What are the critical actions they're going to take and what's the implementation plan to take America back from the brink of tyranny? None, none of the candidates on the conservative side has thought through such detail to include Mr. Trump. Now, you can bet the dystopian progressive left has. They've got their deck chairs lined up. They're smug as a bug in a rug because they got this laid out. They know what's going to happen. They played us for fools in 2016 and 2020 and 2022. And I'll guarantee you that our myopic perspective on this is going to preclude us from understanding they're going to pull another one or multiple fastings and create multiple crises in which to then disrupt, deceive, or deny us a free and fair election here in 2024. Now, Trump has a project supposedly called 2025, but I also guarantee that that is myopic in perspective and far from encompassing the areas that needs to be addressed. Now, say Mr. Trump does a tremendous job and did a tremendous job as president, but he has faults. And he needs a staff. He needs a new staff who fully understands and can engage in the long-term strategy, planning, and implementation in this ongoing cognitive war. As Mr. Trump has rightfully stated in the past, this isn't about him solely. This is about us and the future of America. This is about we, America. Not just for America, but think of it for the globe. We are the last major vestige for peace in the globe. If our light dims, tyranny overtakes, and so does evil. And if that darkness overcomes us, it'll be centuries or millennium before we come out of that darkness. Now, I've touched on a lot about, about the left's methodical planning. Now, I did so because our attention spans are too short. The left knows it. As we head into 2024, once again, we see positive polling. Trump's leading in this case, which is great. Yet we forget the deception, the deceit, the levels of lies and treachery the far left will go to to disrupt and deny a free and fair election are unbounded. 
they have no morals for this. You only have to take a look at their lack of upholding our current laws and their abuse of our laws against the average lawful citizens. Let's not forget, we've been destroyed in the last three elections. First in 2016, we saw the left outmaneuver the conservatives with the false dossier, the Russian narrative, the false Russian collusion, followed by two false impeachments, all that severely crippled Trump's administration. He got a hell of a lot done despite that. But could you imagine if he didn't have to fight on multiple fronts with the media, his own security apparatus, his own government bureaucracy, what we could have achieved? Then in 2020, when we saw the radical less preparations for the so-called summer of love. The preparations and training were a precursor, people, were a precursor for the pre-planned anarchy, destruction, and violent insurrection of the progressive left's army of BLM and Antifa should Trump have won. The insurance plan, the insurance plan was the ballot stuffing in this case and stuff like that. Just like they had an insurance plan in 2016, their insurance plan in 2020 was the ballot stuffing and fraudulent election game that they played. By the time we figured out what happened, we'd lost the election, they controlled the narrative, and then they deployed what? 25,000 troops to encircle the Capitol and protect Queen Nancy. Circle the Capitol, 25,000 troops in an armored division to protect two, not we the people, but the so-called public servants who viewed themselves as our king and queen. Yet the conservatives still didn't learn. So as we get up to 2022 election, despite having over 70% of Americans fed up with the progressive left's radical agenda, the China flu lockdowns, the indoctrination and grooming of her children, out of control crime, we saw again how the left destroyed the potential tsunami for conservatives by getting them to push what issue? Abortion. And thereby once again destroying a massive conservative wave. Because they took an issue they know they controlled the narrative on, abortion, women's rights, okay? And they used that to energize and basically destroy the whole conservative agenda because we had no strategy, no plan, no message, no narrative, no policies. But we talked about abortion. They played us like a freaking fiddle once again. So 2016, 2020, 2022, okay, it's time to pull your heads out of the Pelosi and figure out what we're going to do here for 2024 ahead of time because you can damn well bet they've already got their game plan put together and it's planned. This, my friends, this is what cognitive war is all about. The narratives, the manipulation, the disinformation, along with the purposeful strategy, planning, and execution, the methodical execution by the left is to be admired, but also to be terrified by, because they control the primary battlefield right now, which is a kinetics, it's the cognitive domain, the domain of the human mind, as I mentioned before. Yet none of our current conservative candidates understand this war, nor have learned anything from the past three elections about this war. It's literally terrifying that we've not developed our own strategy here and detail our own plans, policies, and objectives. Look at the Republican National Committee. Look at the Heritage Foundation. Look at the other think tanks. Where the hell is it? So let's review at a macro point, a macro level, the four-point strategy, and then we're going to dig into some specific examples 
of how to engage in this battlefield. Because a key to winning this cognitive war is you have to have a strategy. You have to have a plan. You have to have an implementation plan. It has to be sequenced. And a strategy has to be kept secret in many ways because the radical left will try to outmaneuver and outdo us. And they're very effective in that and competing in the narrative. So the four-point strategy for resilience, freedom, and our republic. As I laid out in my book, you can get the more detailed version in the book, but I'm going to give you a macro version here. The first one, seize the narrative. Drive others to react. Now, there's no perfect example, no more perfect example than this, than Donald Trump, President Trump. Okay, when he started his campaign before the 2016 election, and he started driving the narrative, he not only drove the narrative, but he labeled his adversaries very effectively. He taught us how to fight using proactive actions and controlling key parts of the narrative to advance conservative policies, gain public support while causing others to react. The media loved him because he controlled the narrative. He drove it and they thought he was an outlier. They thought he had no chance, but he won. Remember the smugness, the smugness of Obama? Okay, but Trump did so by effectively using the radical left's tactics against them. Okay, he painted the adversaries. He drove the narrative. He caused others to react to him. Trump's ability to do so is why they viewed him as such a great threat and why they continue to view him as such a great threat. Because despite his weaknesses, and he does have many, he's a great leader and he's extremely effective. But he needs a team to then buttress the different elements that she has weaknesses in to protect not him, but the country and a republic to get the job of the people done. But the left views Trump as an extreme threat. Why do they view him as an extreme threat? Because he seizes the narrative. It's also why they censored him via social media and continue to seek ways to preclude him from communicating to the public the multiple lawfare, the multiple suits, and other stuff, because Trump seizes the narrative. And they want to stop that. But we people, we can help seize the narrative back. It has to be multifaceted, a common strategy, and a common set of narratives to take the narrative and move forward with it. I'll give you some examples in a little bit here. Trump did the same against our adversaries, China, Russia, and others. And he used this approach to engage and advance in real, real effective, changing solutions, and he changed their relationships with their allies to be very and highly effective. Whereas now where we're at now, no one respects the American anymore. We have a Manchurian president. Second, proactive and positive legislative agenda. Okay. As I mentioned up front, Ronald Reagan, New Gingrich, Republican uh, sweep with the contract for America, all of those were due. Why? Because we had not only control of the narrative, but we had a positive, proactive legislative agenda, the contract with America. Donald Trump came in, make America great. He had a positive, proactive agenda for America. To gain position, we must not only seize the narrative, advance the truth, but drive real valued policy and legislative solutions. You just can't come in and start whining and complaining. And if you don't have those, those legislative solutions in your pocket before you enter that door, the first day you get sworn in. You're well behind the eight ball. You're well behind the power curve. 
Because you don't have four years, you have a year and a half to two years to effectuate any major change you want to change. And unless you have that legislation ready, locked and loaded, and you then have the means of the American public and willingness to do that mostly in the first year, you're not going to effectively change and get the results you want. So we must begin to lay out, display the facts, and hold the Democrats to account for the six-plus decades of pandering, ignoring, and implementing failed policies that have divided America, destroyed minority families, destroyed minorities, equal education, unemployment, and destroyed education, social, health care, everything for all Americans. As they continue to widen this new plantation dependency across all races, and that's why they let all these people in. Now, I'm going to come back and continue on the last two points in just a second here. But I want to make sure that you go to AmericaOutloud.news. Make AmericaOutloud.news your daily stop for all the latest news and podcast happenings. We must all do our part to share the stories, the articles, the podcasts, and videos so we can help secure America's future. You can help us do that. To secure America's future, go to AmericaOutloud.news. I'll be right back. Many voices, one freedom, united in the First Amendment. Our goal is to herald the voice of genuine liberty at AmericaOutloud.news. A place where you'll find the naked truth expressed with a patriotic heart. Now is our time, my fellow Americans. America Out Loud Talk Radio, liberty and justice for all. Asia believes that inside each of us is the potential to feel our very best. Our redox-based products tap into reserves within you to power your personal well-being. Make our breakthrough products an essential step in fulfilling your greatest potential. Asia. We power potential. For exclusive savings, use code OUTLOUD to save 15% off your first order today. I'm so confused. I don't know what to do. I'm afraid of going to the hospital. My doctor tells me nutrition doesn't work. Trust is earned. We are the Energetic Health Institute, and we want to earn your trust. Natural medicine, holistic nutrition, detoxification, fasting, cellular healing, and so much more. Remember, the best way to be free is to be healthy. So stop being a patient and start being a student at energetichealthinstitute.org. Welcome back to the National Security Hour. I'm Ed Huglin, your host for this evening. Today, we're talking about a strategy for America, and we're talking about that strategy is as relevant to the 2024 elections. A cognitive war and how this is all involved into that cognitive war. Now, I've talked about the problem up front. I've laid about some examples of how we're continually outmaneuvered by a leftist, radical leftist group, which does have a specific strategy, a methodical execution of their plan. And as we left off, I talked about seizing the narrative and putting forth a proactive and positive legislative agenda. The first two points in the four-point strategy. The next point here is extremely critical, extremely critical. It must be one of the most first 
first and most effective set of narratives, legislative agendas, and actions the executive branch takes in concert with the legislative branch. And that's why, why Republicans need a majority in the House and Senate both. Because the third point of the strategy is overhauling our national security apparatus. We must overhaul this old factory floor with failing cultures and structures that operate, as I call them, titanium cylinders of sub-excellence. We must do this so we can compete and win in the cognitive domain as the real battlefield of ideas and ideology that pit tyranny against freedom is ongoing and we're losing it. We're losing it against our adversaries. China has been conducting unrestricted warfare for the last several decades here, and they've honed it significantly. Their unrestricted warfare is cognitive warfare. They are not taking a direct assault against the United States. They're taking a subversive assault through our institutions, allies with those miscreants inside the United States, and allies with proxies and others such as Iran and other evil despots such as Putin in Russia. It's a very effective strategy, but until we overhaul our national security apparatus, we are not going to be able to compete and win in this. As we've seen in Afghanistan and we've seen in other places, we have constantly and consistently won kinetic actions, but we have constantly and consistently lost the kinetic war. We've actually lost the wars. To avoid the next major kinetic war, people, we must overhaul our national security apparatus First and foremost, we must move it from an industrial age to the information age. We must do this so that we can compete with our adversaries in the cognitive domain and win both the domestic and the global cognitive wars simultaneously. We can no longer be perpetually reactive as we are now. Our NASA security apparatus is built on indications and warning on a reactive status. We have to move to a proactive status and drive others to react to us when we sit and we wait to react we get what we saw 20 years in afghanistan when we sit and wait for others and react to them we see what happened with the two invasions of ukraine and we see what happened with china now and the BRIC initiative and we've seen what happened on 7 october with hamas we have to overhaul and ask security apparatus the fourth point in the strategy, ensure the resiliency of our republic, our constitution, and freedoms. Long-term resiliency for our government and our freedoms requires grassroots efforts that include bringing back Civics 101 into our classrooms from preschool through high school and into our universities. When here only one in four Americans can name the three branches of government, we have not only lost an understanding of our Americans' basic governance, but along with it, the ability to understand how to engage peacefully in advancing ideas, policy, and freedoms and America's values. It's the only means that we can take to preclude and defeat the ills of communism, socialism, theocracy, despotism, in order to advance the benefits of our Republican democracy, not just for the United States, for the world, but for the world. But we must do it first here at home. We must undertake a massive grassroots effort and scale activities to reinforce those values, our Civics 101, through our education systems, our colleges, our local governance, state and federal offices, by a massive grassroots insurgency, legislative actions, and outlawing, yes, outlawing socialism and communism. 
and we must leverage the energy and voices of the silent majority, which must be, could become the vocal majority. So what do we take a look at some specific examples? <clears throat> Let's take a look at specific examples of what I'm talking about here. So we take a look at the first point to the strategy, seize the narrative. Now for you out there in the audience, if you're trying to figure out, well, how do I seize the narrative? So I'm going to give you an example here. One of the key narratives that we're reacting to right now that we bought into, unfortunately, is the one China policy. That means that from Nixon on, we sort of moved towards agreement that there should be one China, not a separate Taiwan and mainland China, but one China. Well, BS, that's pure BS. Why are we agreeing to the subjugation of other free nations in order to appease a dictator to let them have one subjugated China? That's nuts. It's freaking nuts. So here's a simple policy change that President Trump, when he's reelected, can put into place. We move our one policy, our one China policy, and change it slightly to one free China. Meaning that we want a free China. And whether it's free independent states, whether it's free independent republics, or they bifurcate and separate and they're independent nations. What was and is China should be free for the future. Now, why does that make a difference? Why does that change the narrative? The narrative changes because when you take and move to that type of footing, you take to the same type of footing we had vis-a-vis -vis the Soviet Union, the evil empire, which China is today. So we must point out the evils of that empire and call them to account. And we must do so by saying, yes, we agree to one China policy, but one free China. And therefore, we recognize Taiwan as the first free and independent republic of the new one free China, which is capital in Taipei. And that Beijing remains the capital of the despotism and tyrannical CCP China, the Communist Chinese Party. Not China. For people, but China for the Communist Party. That distinction in a simple few words changes the dynamics of everything. Because then you take a look at what of our policies that we put in place to then enable a one free China policy. Now you could take that same narrative, you could take that same one policy and you could apply it to Russia, Ukraine, Iran, Venezuela, and other places. Because for America's future, we need to make sure we have a free world, not a dystopian world. And so one nation at a time, we need to set our sights on. And that's why this has to be a strategy that is very strategic in nature, looking over the next 20 to 250 years to how do we then and what steps do we take to drive that outcome that we desire, not react to, not react to what China wants. And when you move from that reactive to a proactive posture and you carry that message forward to the Chinese people, you significantly weaken Xi in a heartbeat with just a few words. One free China versus one China. Actually, one word. The other thing, 
seizing the narrative. Let's call out the big lie. Democrats are expanding their plantation dependency and everyone in the free world freaking sees it. They have 30 million illegals here. They want to give them all free health care, education, social services, welfare, security, etc., and education, all without the infrastructure to provide it for them. You have 11 to 12 million who will be in the United States by the time of Biden's first term, his fraudulent term. That's 11 to 12 cities of 20,000 each being added to every one of the 50 states in America. Think of that. In your state, 11 to 12 million equates to every state in our union, all 50 states, having 11 to 12 cities of 20,000 people added to your state. Are you ready for that? No. So we have to call it the big lie. What's the big lie? Well, it goes to the next policy agenda and the strategy agenda here, defining the proactive and positive legislative agenda. First of all, when you take a look at that big lie, from 1959 to 2021, we have pretty much the same number of people below the poverty line over those 60-something years. One-third of those are black. The other two-thirds, whites. There are three times more whites below the poverty line than blacks. So what's the big lie? That's the big lie. Because the American population has grown substantially over those last six decades. But the amount of people in poverty has remained the same. It's not increased. If this was such a racist country, you would have seen the black population below the poverty line explode. But it didn't. But you've never heard about the fact that there's three times more whites, 22 million whites in poverty below the poverty line versus 8 million blacks. Why is that? Because it doesn't fit the narrative. So to seize the narrative... You just need to point out the, the positive and the reality, the facts from our own U.S. Census. Now, from a positive, proactive legislative agenda, what's the agenda, agenda I propose here? I propose, in line with Trump's mega agenda, the American First Law, the Poverty and Illegals Reduction Act. Get this now. The American First, the Poverty and Illegals Reduction Act. So let's take care of two critical issues with one bit of policy. Why is it we still have 30 million people below the poverty line for the last six decades? It's because we've never addressed the fundamental causes and reasons for poverty. And they've been blocked by the Democrats because the Democrats needed a constituency beholden to them to continue to be dependent upon them as the first slave party. They want the slave party to continue. And that's why they've just slid in another 11 to 12 million illegals to 30 million here. Why? Because they realize the American blacks, Hispanics, and others are coming on to what their game is. And so the way they sustain and keep their absolute power is to shift the game of the system. So the America First Poverty and Illegal Reduction Acts not only should then put in specific policies to bring back the family as the foremost stanchion in and unit, but also start the immediate reduction of illegals in America through the forced deportation by the millions of the illegals. And for those illegals who remain here, putting in stringent requirements for them, including taking away the welfare, the social, education, other aspects, okay, unless they provide specific criteria 
and input to the system. There's no free lunch in America. And what we see here in America coming is a $22 trillion impact to our economy that very few people understand. I'll go back and do the math another time, but it's a $22 trillion impact to the economy. The tsunami is going to hit. So find a proactive and positive legislative agenda. First thing, American first, Poverty and Illegals Reduction Act. Second, the American Election Integrity Act. Let's put it to law. One ballot, one ID, one vote. One ballot, one ballot ID, one vote. And that has to be mandatory across all states. And if we need to do a constitutional amendment to make that happen, let's do it. Because we can, can, cannot afford to have all these dead people voting, all these corrupt voter rolls and other stuff like that continue on. Let's move to the next point, strategy, overhauling the national security apparatus. Our national security apparatus is an abysmal failure. And we keep dumping loads of cash into our Department of Defense, our intelligence community, Department of State, Energy, Justice, FBI, etc. Now, remember, these folks missed 9-11. They missed the Arab Springs, not just one Arab Spring, two Arab Springs. They did nothing to stop the two invasions of Ukraine. They totally missed the 7 October Hamas genocidal attack, just like they missed 9-11. We need a new system that goes beyond indications of warning and a reactive posture. We need a new system that can compete in ongoing cognitive war. Why? Because the default is a kinetic war. But we've seen what China has done with unrestricted warfare to upset, usurp, and subvert our power, our institutions, take our agricultural lands, fly balloons over our, our cities, unobstructed, create illegal bioweapons labs in California, which are basically a central depot to where and to what else, and we continue to find out more about this. The Confucius Institutes and indoctrinization in our colleges, they have 300,000 students here in the United States. We have about 22 to 100 students in China right now for this year. So what the hell is going on here? So we have to overhaul that security apparatus. Basically, we have to chop it up, cut it up, and put in place a functional, a wholly new functional NAS security apparatus that is fully integrated. Now, the side benefit of that, the side benefit, by doing that, we will de-weaponize and depoliticize the bureaucracy. Why? Because when we do this, we have to clean house of the leadership of those major organizations in the intelligence community, Department of Justice, Department of State, and others. And we have to get rid of that industrial age mentality and that titanium cylinder of sub-excellence mentality, which permeates throughout those departments. Okay. And to do this, it's going to require some specific laws that will go well beyond the office of the DNI. Okay. Because we're going to have to chop up, slice up, and get rid of several different old organizations. The CIA should no longer exist. Neither should a number of the other intelligence elements. Lastly, ensuring the resilience of our republic, constitution, and freedoms. And this here in my book, I'll go into this in detail in the book. But we must start by eliminating the Department of Education and mandating by law civics education K-12 through in all universities, such that you cannot graduate unless you can pass a specific basic test, much like a citizenship test. And this is going to blow people's mind, but we need to put in a wholly new conscription system because we need people 
who are going to be coming out of high school and going to two or three years of service at the federal, state, local, or tribal level in the military or in the government, two to three years to understand and sacrifice, participate in civics, and join the melting pot of America. Okay, And by doing so, we can significantly reduce the government bureaucracy by half. Why? Because this new set of conscripts coming into the system will be exceptionally talented, but to also be exceptionally loath to put up with the bureaucratic BS and slow processing that our current government bureaucracy has. If you want more details, go to my book, The Cognitive War, Why We're Losing and How We Can Win. You get the full details there. So today we talked about a strategy for America and how we fight a cognitive war to ensure the resiliency of our republic and constitution for the next generations. We talked about the four-point strategy of basically seizing the narrative, defining the proactive positive legislative agenda, overhauling the national security apparatus, okay, and ensuring the resiliency of our constitution, republican freedoms. You now have some ammunition and you have, have an understanding of how you too can start to fight that battle because you have to speak up, shout out, and get up and become part of the solution, not just sit back and whine about the problem. I'm here on the National Security Hour to tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. I go outside of the fog of the daily chaos to give you a strategic perspective on national security issues and speak truth to power the power of we the people, so we together can rest, best ensure the resilience and security of our republic. Thanks for joining us on the mission. The NASA Security Hour is the tip of the spear in the epic battle to defend the United States of America.